My advice to any young person is try as many things as possible. Find something that aligns with your passion and your effort, something that you truly love and you can just do it all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Short Story Long. This week we're sitting down with Mark Brazil. And Mark started a company called Iconic. And if you've been paying attention to social media news a little bit in the last week, you would see that Mark's company, Iconic, just got an investment from both Gary Vee and Scooter Braun. So obviously it got a lot of press because of those two heavy hitter, huge on social media guys both coming in and helping. I think it got a lot of people's attention, including myself, wondering what are these guys doing that they're getting both of these guys involved to help out and get involved in the company. The answer to that question we get into in this week's episode. And in short, it's that they're making art. They're making affordable art, very inspirational art, um, real positive messages to that you can buy online. Um, it's all e-com and they're doing an incredible job at marketing. They've done things like, you know, obviously master social media and content and Facebook targeting and all of those sort of things. They also did a collaboration with Muhammad Ali. They got the license for some Muhammad Ali images and have been using that in some of their art. And it's just a really cool business. And, and Mark really hopped around to all different businesses trying to figure out after being a little entrepreneurial in college, trying to figure out really how to make it real and start a real business and do something that would succeed. And he found exactly that with Iconic. So they are still relatively new. They are really taking off and really on to something. They work with a lot of influencers and now with both Gary Vee and Scooter Braun in their corner, um, I can only imagine that it's just going to go to the next level from here. So also on top of that, I'm going to do a giveaway. I know that the type of people that listen to this podcast might really enjoy the iconic um, art and the message that's in it. So I have a art piece here from Mark. You will see it on my Instagram drama. If you're not following me. That's my Instagram. And I'm going to do a giveaway. All you have to do is go follow iconic and then comment on my most recent picture. What your favorite part of this episode was. That's it. Follow iconic. It's I K O N I C K. Follow them and comment what your favorite part of this episode was. I'm going to pick one lucky winner and send them this piece of art straight from my office. Um, so that's that. I think you guys are really going to like this episode. Really just a young hustler who's figuring it out. He's hungry. He is taking advantage of influencers, Facebook advertising, all of the things that everyone listening to this episode should really be tapped into he is doing and I think you guys are really gonna like it that being said like I said my Instagram is drama I have a favor to ask if you're listening to this episode today and you like it and you're getting anything from it screenshot your phone screenshot your phone with a uh, short story long playing on it and post it on your Instagram story and make sure you tag me feel free to include in there what you like about it any notes any parts that are your favorite any questions any of that I'm spending the whole day going through all of my tags and making sure I respond to you guys. I'm reposting a bunch on my story, um, but do that and I'll repost you guys 
that really helps spread the message, really helps me see what you guys are listening to, what you're gravitating to, really, really helps the show. Also, on top of that, check out my YouTube page, youtube.com slash drama drama. That's where I put all the videos from these podcasts if you want to watch it in video form. Also, vlogs, any videos that I'm working on, I'm putting all of those on YouTube. Check us out on CastBox if you haven't yet. CastBox is a really cool platform for podcasts. And it lets you, it has a bunch of features and a bunch of additional stuff that some of the other platforms don't let you do. I've been working with those guys a lot on Short Story Long to help make it better and, and, uh, and kind of progress everything. So check that out. Check out youngandreckless.com. We are just absolutely going crazy with new denim as well as bundles, right? We started doing bundles for back to school. That's where you get a whole package of items, a bag, a shirt, socks, everything for $59.95. And they're just on fire. Bundles have been a huge success for us as well as denim. And those two things are just absolutely on fire over at youngandreckless.com. So check those out. Last but not least, check out my other podcast, Group Chat. That's also anywhere where you find Short Story Long, you will also find Group Chat. It is with me and my business partner, D. Uh, we just talk about all things pop culture, current events, a uh, little bit of politics stuff, but not much. And just kind of try to give you guys the, the business behind what's going on and try to have fun with it and give a lighthearted take, but with a little bit of knowledge so that you feel a little bit smarter at that next dinner conversation. Hopefully it's an entertaining way to kind of digest the news and take in all the madness that's going on. I think you guys will like it. So that's group chat. Check it out. Thank you guys. You're the best audience ever. Screenshot those phones. Let's get into this week's episode. The hardest part is figuring out what you want to master. Focus on your product. Can you tell somebody that they suck? You got to just go. This is exactly what I want to do for a living. You can't even tell somebody that their breath stinks. You know what I mean? It could take your whole life and then you find your worth. The product is number one. If it scares you, you should probably do it. Good content is good content. That is the coolest shit I have ever seen in my life. Um, okay, we're here. We're short story long and... So, man. This is how it goes. This is how we start. This Let's is my go. new thing. I'm trying to start real casual, right? Because I noticed I, when you leave, I'm going to do an intro. Yep. And then I was starting every episode by kind of doing another intro. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like I was overdoing it and trying to be too professional. So now I cruise in with a nice, just casual conversation. Keep it easy. There like it, it is. Um, thanks for doing this. Thank you. It is Sunday night, 8 p.m., uh, Labor Day weekend. And we're in here knocking out a podcast. Oh, you're not at the club. You going to the club after this? We have an international flight at 8 a.m. tomorrow, actually. Okay, you're going straight to bed. Where are you guys? <laughs> where, where are you going? Where are you going? Turks and Caicos, shooting some content. Damn. Yep, I'm gonna do a little art movie with just you and these guys. We got a whole squad. I'm bringing. I'm bringing him. You're gonna get Jacob set. He's on the next one. We go every other. And what are you gonna do? Just like show the lifestyle? Um, no, we actually these mini collections. We tell mini stories. So we just go, and it's kind of like a basically like a pop-up office and we just create and it's just a way to tell different stories in, in different parts of the world so that's where you get like the crazy backgrounds and stuff in the photos yes you just made me feel like i'm really missing a big opportunity like i should be doing that i highly advise it you just need strong internet the last time i was there the internet wasn't strong yeah. and the owner of the house told me it's good now so we're good to go 
Oh, so you've already done the Turks and Caicos trip. I've done it three times, but we've never shot content there specifically with yeah. art. So now this time we're going to shoot a movie. How long are you going for? Week. And you just load up with all the art? Load up with all the art, <clears throat> load up with all the content. Um, just really a good time to kind of get away and think and then obviously shoot the content. Damn it, that's cool. Well, let me just warn you that if in the next six months you see that I'm on some sort of extravagant vacation shooting content, it, you inspired it. There you go. I like it. Because I've always been on like I should just be doing that, but it's like hard to – it's always hard to justify until you do it and get the content back and you're like, yep. oh, that was worth it. Because you're selling a lifestyle. Yeah. Um, there's no vacations. It's all it, – it's just – it's it's work. So yeah. it's, it's for us – it's an opportunity. I mean, we're going to Austria at the end of the month. Uh, we're going to New York. We're going to Chicago. We go everywhere. Yeah. And uh, we just use points. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And create. So, this is perfect timing, and I'm I'm really I'm really thankful that you squeeze this in because there's all sorts of you know press and stuff that was popping up last week because you just got. Am I correct? In, an investment from both. Gary V and Scooter Braun? Strategic partnership, correct. Strategic partnership. And and obviously those guys are massive on social media, so it really hit the social media airwaves super heavy. Um, and Gary V put out a really good statement about it and why he partnered up and why it made sense. Yep. But as you know, here on Short Story Long, I like to now rewind all the way back to where this all came from, right? Mm -hmm. How you even got to this point, to this big week that you're having. Um, getting ready to jump on a plane to Turks and Caicos. Where did this all? I mean, where did you where did you grow up? Let's start with that. Let's just say I ate a lot of shit before I got here. Did a you? lot. Uh, I'm excited to to tell you. I haven't told anybody. They actually have not heard a lot of it. So I'm excited to tell you. This is great and perfect timing, man. Yep, perfect timing. Yep. So uh, I'm a New York guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up in New York. I grew up in Long Island. Um, my dad, Brazilian. Uh, Wall Street guy's whole life. Uh -huh. Took the 611 train for 38 years. Uh -huh. Hard worker. Yeah. Um, mom, nice Jewish woman, uh -huh. speech pathologist. And, um, and then I had a sister who was a year older. Uh, really, really supportive family. I'm super blessed. Uh, they always pushed me to do what I was passionate about in life. And um, I think kind of like my whole childhood was all revolved around soccer. It was, really? Okay, um, so let me ask you a few questions. What part of New York did you grow up in? In Long Island. So I grew up in a town called East Meadow. Uh -huh. And it was it was good because the town next to me yeah. was a town called Merrick. Okay. Rich. And then the town on the other side was Uniondale. Not rich. Okay. So we were kind of like in between? I was right in between. Got it. So um, I kind of saw everything. And I think that really helped um, street smarts. Yeah. I think that's, you know, right from the start, you know, I learned how to deal with different types of people. So yep. uh, it was perfect for me. I wouldn't have had it any other way. And was your dad was your dad gone a lot from working so damn hard? Um, I hardly saw my dad. He'd leave early and he'd come home late. Uh, my mom is someone that literally is like she's probably the most important person in my life. She's always told me just to believe in myself. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to school on Fridays for a long part of my life because I'd be traveling for soccer. So I would leave school at eleven a.m. on a Friday. My mom would pick me up and we'd go uh, to New Jersey, to Boston, to Florida. So. Yeah. Was I the did, soccer like separate from a school thing? Yeah. So I was, my club team was uh, like nationally recognized. And then I was on something called Select, uh -huh. which was the best players in all of Long Island. Got it. So literally it was nonstop soccer. Um, and, and it was just my whole entire life. Like I don't know how to ride a bike. Still? Still. 
I don't know how to ride a bike. Let's fucking teach you how to ride a bike, <laughs> man. We'll go outside right after this. Oh, man. A lot recorded of recorded people... a dope episode and got bike lessons. <laughs> if I want to look really dumb, I'll go outside. But um, <laughs> you see, you're talking about content. Yeah, that is content. We should do that. Rode my first bike on Wilshire. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was um, throughout my whole entire life. I've always been. Um, it's ironic enough. I just saw uh, content with Jay Shetty mm -hmm. about how uh, the concentration on you know put eighty to ninety percent into something you're good at, and then you know, 10 to 20% of the other stuff. Mm -hmm. I am very good at a couple things mm -hmm. and everything else. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even pay attention. I'm outsourcing that. What are the things right now that, what, as an adult, what are the two or three things that you're so good at? Um, I would say just biz development, marketing and sales. Uh -huh. um, just, I think now the thing that I've learned um, is when you look at a business, I've always think it's, if you break down a business, yeah. all it is is just, a bunch of people doing a bunch of things. Yeah. Thus, the people are very important. So I think um, I've attracted uh, a good team, and I think you know, with a good team, a very important thing is incentivizing them and keeping them happy and excited to work. Yeah. And you know, through the years, you know, I think I've been a part of companies and seen what I liked and didn't like. And I think you know, leading humans and keeping yeah. them happy and making everybody you know love the environment yeah. is is probably my biggest thing now. Yeah. Like we come into the office. And it's like, these guys come in like dancing. Yeah. Like, it is a joke that we're working. Yeah. That's it's, great. I've, That's what dude, you I, want. How many I, people do you have working at the office? Um, it's four of us. That's it's, great. It's four of us. And then um, our digital team is, is outsourced and then our production is outsourced. But it's it's four of us. It's me, my partner, Jeff, who does the design. Yeah. And then two 19-year-olds. Yeah. That's incredible. And it's a live work. In New York? No, in downtown LA. Oh, you're here. I'm here, man. I live in Staples. Oh, shit. We got to hang out and ride bikes. Yeah. <laughs> you could be there for that. It's going to be probably. Yeah. I mean, once you learn, you're going to be like, let's just go fucking ride bikes. Yeah. Uh, let, let me ask you this. What, okay. What are you bad at? What are you, what are you abnormally bad at? Abnormally bad at? I don't ever want to step foot in Home Depot, ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to build anything. I don't know how to change a tire. Yeah. Um, Terrible at geography. Yeah. I live and die by ways. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I don't even know, like, you know, I, I don't even know, like, around where I grew up, I don't even know the geography of it. I just never paid attention to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, what comes up? Does anything come up in your work, like, often that you know, like, ah, oh, shit, this isn't for me? Um, the design. Um, yeah. Yeah. For me, uh, in the beginning, you know, I always joke around with Jeff, my partner. You know, I thought I had some good ideas, and we, and we still to this day laugh. Um, I'm just completely out of that now. Yeah. So like when we do deals and, you know, we're creating partnerships, you know, I'll isolate the actual structure of the deal, the deliverables. And then once they talk designs, I leave. Yeah. And that goes strictly with Jeff. And so you don't ever try, like you're not the dude that's in there like, well, what if we, hold on, I have an idea. What if we put the dollars here? Yeah. Um, it's funny that they, they, they joke around about it. It's, we bicker back and forth. Um, at this point, it's just a joke. He'll just yeah. make fun of me. Yeah, like, yeah, that's great. You know, I, I always fall on this one piece. It's called No Ceilings. And I'll always be like, oh, that was my piece. And it's like the 95th bestseller. So yeah, I, I have no, yeah. no legs to stand it's on. so good. Sure. I, love, I love when you get to that point. I feel like especially when you start a business, like, of course, you want to be able to do everything. And when you're yep. young, you don't want to admit that you're bad at anything. I mm -hmm. did it early on with Young and Reckless, especially with design, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think when you get to that point where you can joke about it and you know when it's time to like leave the room, yep. you know, it's just such a powerful thing to get to that point. But it takes maturity and it takes really like, and it takes more than you would think, you know? Yeah. Um, 
you know, what I've learned is just, you know, clarity and roles and strengths mm -hmm. is so important. Yep. When you have someone that's not self-aware and they're doing things that they think they're good at and they're not, yeah. it's just terrible. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. We, we have just such narrow, like when something comes in, it just goes to him, yep. goes to him, goes to him. Yeah. I think that we're at a really good place right now with that. That's great. Yep. Um, okay, so soccer was your absolute obsession. Obsession. You said that, one thing that you said was that your parents uh, like really helped kind of instill this mentality that you work with now mm -hmm. into you. Like what were some of those things that they did that, that you think like made you appreciate working hard and, and, and all of that? I mean, I think with my father, it was just straight up like, if you're making a 6, 6 11 train every day, yeah. you're waking up at 5.15 every single day. Yeah. Just no complaints, no nothing, busting his ass, making money for his family. And that, you know, afforded me to, you know, travel with soccer and, and play on these teams, all these teams. You know, I traveled to different countries. I was all over the place. So yeah. um, my father, we don't have that much in common per se, yeah. but I just always look to him and just say he's a good man and he just did everything to provide for his family. Yeah. There's that. And then there's my mom who's like, you know, my little cheerleader and she's like texting me, you know, she's believed in me since day one. Yeah. And I didn't have like a real win until like recently. Yeah. This is like my first like big win. Yeah. And she's so, been cheering the whole time. Oh, she's, I love her to death. Yeah. She's, she is a stereotypical Jewish mother. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I should say that, but. No, that's the, that's, that's, that's what perfectly it is. fine. And that's like the perfect balance, I feel like. Yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. Like obviously there's a million different ways you can kind of formulate that. But I think like a dad that leads by example in that aspect and then a mom that's like fully there for you. 100%. Like that's a really good formula, you know? Yep. Um, so then obviously I'm guessing that at that age, your only focus was soccer and in your mind you were going to be a professional soccer player, right? Um, I actually wasn't really sure what I was going to be. Uh -huh. It was, it was a very weird dynamic because I was on these really good club teams mm -hmm. and then for school, um, I just, the coach didn't like me and I never really performed. And it was my junior year going into my senior year. I, this was like kind of like the first you know, moment in my life, I'll always remember. Yeah. It's, you know, I was part of these other teams. So I knew all the good people in the circuit. They all knew me yeah. and they had players to watch. It was like a week after my junior year ended yeah. and I wasn't on it. Really? And there was players on it that I knew I was better than. There was players on my own team that were on it that I knew were better than. Yeah. They're like my friends. And I will for always remember that day. I was sitting at the kitchen table with my mom and that day just something just, it just switched yeah. and I went apeshit. I just started training that day. And then that year, all county, uh, we were the best team that, that our school had ever had. The whole entire school got behind us. Yeah. And it was that year that I just said to myself, wow, like if I put my mind to something, I yeah. can achieve anything I want. Yeah. And it was, um, you know, I operate off when people don't, don't think that I can do it. I'm like a chip on the shoulder type yeah, guy. Yeah, it's true, man. But you wanna know, let me tell you something that's like, I'm the same way, cause I was like, I was the little brother and my brother was always better than me and everything and much smarter. And so I think that a lot of my success is from that yep. sort of mentality. But I've been trying to figure out how to like get better. Cause I, don't you feel like that can get unhealthy and you can always be like working out of like, I'm gonna yeah. smash your face in. Do you ever feel that? Do you ever have to balance that or no? I mean, I'm sure people the same with you are always like, hey, have better work-life balance. Yeah. But it's like, I, we love what we're doing, yeah. so it's not like that. And yeah. like, I'm self-motivated, but if something can motivate me more, yeah, bring it on. I want more. Yeah, Piss me off. Yeah. 
because I will destroy. I, I am so competitive that like it's and, and I've noticed it in all of the grades. Like at Scooter, that's the one big thing oh, with yeah. it. Yeah. Is that when someone tells him he can't do something, he goes nuts mm -hmm. and then he performs. Um, so for me, um, I think everybody works differently. Yeah. And for me, um, I love competition and yeah. I love when people doubt me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I've just, I've been trying to find that like, that way of still still motivating even when, or, or not even working out of, um, you know, make sure that you're not working out of like a negative place or like still getting motivated even when you don't have that. Or, you mm -hmm. know, those are some of the things at this age that I've figured out I need to make sure that I, I balance out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you always have a target on someone's back, you're always, you know, looking for the next person that could be the target, right? So it's like the best motivator, but I've just been trying to balance it a little bit. It's tough. Um, for, for me, one big thing is, you know, with this business, you know, I'm in a position now where I'm more tied to the numbers. Yep. So we have, you know, KPIs that we, we have to try to hit. So for me, um, obviously there's outside forces, or there's internal forces, but for me, it's, you know, leading people and just making sure they hit the numbers. Yeah. And that's like, I just follow the numbers now, yeah. which is an, another big thing. So that's great. Guys, we're going to take a quick break from the interview for one second to talk about our sponsors. Our first sponsor is HelloFresh. HelloFresh is a meal kit delivery service that sends you all of the ingredients, the labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. You cook it up yourself and enjoy it and feel really proud of yourself for cooking a really cool looking meal. You can choose between three plans, classic, veggie, and family. And it really just saves a lot of time. For me, I, I have a lot of trouble finding the time to eat healthy uh, not spend a bunch of money going out to eat, and this is really the solution. So it, it's been working great for me, and I think that you guys will actually really, really enjoy it, and that's why I wanted to shout it out on here and work with these guys. If you go to hellofresh.com slash drama60, that's drama60, and use the promo code drama60, drama60, you'll get $30 off your first week of HelloFresh. Check it out. I think you guys will like it. Let me know what you think. Thank you. Um, so did you, at that point, that's really where you put the credit for like your mentality kind yep. of making a big shift and just knowing yep. like shit. Because I, I was really... always, um, it's actually like a Brazilian stereotype, super talented and they always, they're just talented, but they yeah. don't win sometimes. Yeah. So like I was like the, the Brazilian kid that was talented yeah. and then I just destroyed I just came like on the in the soccer. I just came out of nowhere and destroyed. Yeah. And like I talk shit to all my my high school buddies, and like to this day, even with that, like they can't say anything to me. Yeah. Because it was just um, just something internally that made me just, I guess, just a confidence thing. Yeah. And I think it's important. Like the moment that your brain realizes, if you focus on something and put in the work, you will get a result. It's like mm -hmm. a big moment. Huge. Um, did you? What was like the result of that? Like, did you then make? The list or did anything like that change? Yeah, so I then had a lot of fun the rest of my senior year. Uh -huh. A lot of drinking with my buddies. Uh -huh. um, recruited all different schools, a bunch of official visits. It was a lot of fun. And I decided to go to Delaware, the University of Delaware. Uh -huh. And was going to play soccer and decided not to. I was, my whole entire life um, was predicated on soccer and I decided it was time for a new step. Why? Um, my father always was like, you know, you could play, it's, you have to pick and choose really what you want to do in school. Yeah. Um, and ironically enough, a lot of the people that, you know, 
played sports, like stayed five years or didn't do well in school, didn't have enough, a lot of fun. And ironically enough, I stayed five years and had a 2.1 GPA, yeah. but that's, we'll get, we'll get to <laughs> separate, there. Separate reason. Um, but I decided uh, I want to look into other things, yeah. like a fraternity and stuff like that. And yeah. just wanted to explore a different path. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, you know, as I told you, I lived like a very like narrow life. Yeah. Um, so it was time for me to move on to something else. And I, that's a, like, the best decision I made was to stop playing soccer. Really? It was. Why? Because you think that like you wouldn't have, it would have been a dead end for you? Um, I wouldn't say that, but I think that I would have been surrounded by different people yeah. that weren't motivated by the things that I'm now motivated by, which yeah. is um, improving myself and business and stuff like that. Yeah. So I was just in a different situation. I was in a different dorm. Mm -hmm. I, I changed dorms. So I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think for me, like one thing that I'm trying to also figure out how to tell young people is like, because I grew up my whole life, all I wanted to do was be a pro skateboarder, mm -hmm. right? That's all, I mean, like one goal only. And now there is absolutely no chance that I would trade my life for a pro skateboarder's life, right? I know. Not in a million years. And so my point is like trying to get across that it doesn't have to be, I don't know, I feel like we're always taught like dream, focus on your dreams, like whatever you dream you can be and whatever. And that's true to a degree, but it doesn't have to be so narrow. Like give yourself a chance to go try other things and try different things and see what you really gravitate towards. Because now you're set up to have a career and a path for the rest of your life, mm -hmm. right? So unless you would have went and became a soccer star, you probably would have, what, been good in college and then yeah. kind of peaked out and then been a little lost, I'm guessing, right? Correct. Where, whereas by giving yourself even a chance to maybe look at what else there is and see what else feeds that hunger and like lets you grow, you now fell into this like, or created, not fell into this amazing life, you know? And it's like trying yeah. to get people to, I feel like young people grow up and they're like, oh, it's either like I'm going to be a rapper or nothing. You know? I mean, like, my advice to any young person is try as many things as possible mm -hmm. and just find find something that aligns with your passion and your effort, something that you truly love and you can just do it all the time. Yeah. Because unless you're truly passionate about it, you're not going to be able to put in, you know, the time to, to really win. Yeah. And it's like, you'd be surprised by how many things out there you could potentially like other than, you know, when we're young, we fall in love with something, we build our identity around it and then we kind of like die for it sometimes. And I think like, you don't even know what's out there that you could really thoroughly enjoy mm -hmm. that you're not trying because you're so focused on being a pro skateboarder. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even, my only job was uh, I sold Cutco knives in high school. Yeah. So I, I literally was not passionate about business at all. That's interesting. Literally, it's it, That's at so all. Interesting. I was always really curious. I was always asking a lot of questions. Yeah. And I read a lot of uh, non-business books like... Uh, creative uh Roald Dahl books and there was these sports books called Matt Christopher yeah and I would read all of these books um but why do you then, think that changed you think your eyes just opened to a different thing I'll tell you I'll tell you when it changed okay so I got to Delaware yep. and keep in mind my sock my, my senior year after soccer I just was partying yeah tons of drinking I was having a lot of fun you know rightfully so I was a very serious soccer player yeah so I got to school and I had a fake ID my roommate had, who was on the football team had a car and we had just finished freshman orientation and they talked about you know you know saying don't do this don't do that you get three strikes and you're kicked out of school so like i said where i grew up i i knew how to walk the line yeah we'll keep it at that yeah um and i got to school and i wanted beer so i was gonna go get beer and the girls across the hall 
um, were like, you know, Lindsay and Lisa, they were like, you know, can you get us beer? And they were from Long Island as well. So um, we drank Bud Light and the Bud Light, the yeah. 30 packs were like 25, 30 bucks. Yeah. So they gave me $40 for a case of 30 beers. Mm -hmm. Go to the store and I discovered this new thing. Milwaukee Beast Light, Natty okay. Ice, Woo! all this stuff. Yeah. Tell you what, in Akron, Ohio, hey. grow up with that in the fridge. <laughs> I had never experienced that. Yeah. So that was zero. Yep. So I go there and I buy a 30, a 30 pack of beer for eight, nine dollars. I go back, I give them $31 back. Mm -hmm. And they go, keep it. And then as I'm walking back to my room, it flicked in my head. Mm -hmm. And that's where I truly think that, I think entrepreneurs are born, they're not made. I, I truly believe that. Yeah. It flicked in my head like, wow, no one wants to take the risk. Yeah. And people have no problem paying more for the alcohol. Yeah. So then what did I do? I said, I don't give a shit if I get one strike. I went to the people next to them, I got a beer. And next to them, and next to them, I got the whole floor. I got the second floor. I got the third floor. So then I became the liquor guy. Yeah. And me and my roommate just got liquor for everybody. <laughs> and my mom was shipping me my old soccer duffel bags. We would take three hours getting thousands of dollars worth of liquor. And there was this guy we became friends with. He'd give us the, you know, the promo t-shirts, the promo little mini pools. Um, so we- That's amazing. It was, and it was my first taste of entrepreneurship. And I was like, holy shit, I, I love this. Yeah. I loved it. Thank and God you didn't become a drug dealer. Uh, no, no. That, you know what I mean? I, the, this was, uh, sounds like the next pet, right? No, like, no, no, well, no, wait no. a minute. If I sell. I was, uh, I was a beer and liquor dealer. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then, unfortunately, about two and a half months later, I ripped the doors off my wall and had a beer pong tournament in my room. Yep. The RA came in and they cut down my, my beer and liquor ring. I got my first strike and they said, do it again and you're gonna kick that out of school. Did they realize at that point that you had a beer liquor ring? Oh yeah, they know, yep. they know for sure. And that's only one strike, huh? Pretty to, cool. To be honest with you, I got five strikes and they got kicked out of school. So, <laughs> really? so, so that strike system yeah, was flawed. flawed. Was that just because you were a good talker? Like, uh, I, mean, I don't know. Okay, I don't okay know. so you're telling me that that moment is when you were like, oh shit, like you fell in love with like the finesse of it all in that. I loved it. And that was, and that was, my first business in school and it was it was simple. Yeah. And then I did a fraternity, which for me was one of the best decisions of my life. Really? How come? I, um, you learn how to manage humans. I was a social chair and a pledge master, which I basically ran my own business. Yeah. Um, and then my fraternity was really good dudes that are very smart. Yeah. All East Coast guys. Yeah. On our web series, you know, I just went and visited my former president of my fraternity, this company does 18 million a year. Like mm -hmm. if I need you know, production help in China, I got a guy. If I need a lawyer, I got a guy. If mm -hmm. I need an accountant, I got a guy. If I need a guy to check my numbers, I have a Wall Street guy. Yeah. So it's just- And that's all from college. All from college. Yeah. That is the one thing, like I, I kind of get a lot of shit because I bash college a lot on here, but I will say the one thing that I do not discount is the people skills that you learn and the social skills and the sort of like how all that works, right? If you have social skills, yeah. do not go to school. I actually don't think you should go to college. Yeah. Agreed, but I think even at that point, like you should go travel or something, right? Like put yourself in some weird positions to learn how to sure. deal with all different types of personalities and like be in a jam and you know what I mean? Like it's something about that thing that you learn where it's like after high school and living with your parents and having a safety net, you go into like almost social practice and you yeah. have to be self-sufficient and get yourself in and out of trouble and you know what I mean yeah. deal with building groups and what social activities are going to be involved in and still have to show up on time just like you would for work one day yeah. that sort of thing is 
is undeniably important. But I just think, yeah, I think some of it can be learned from traveling, from just diving into different situations. What about just working for good people? Yeah. Like I look back and my, you know, biggest regret is like, I mean, imagine like rewind 15 years ago, like I would email you and tell you, I'll work for you for free. I'll yeah. mop the floors. Yeah. Tell me everything you know. Yeah. And that's what, you know, for me, you know, I have younger people in my organization and like, I love and pride myself in sharing all my knowledge with them. Yeah. We'll be in a meeting. They're going to ask me after this, why'd you say that? Yep. And for me, that's like, I love that. Yeah. And, you know, whenever I have kids, you know, I'm literally going to contact my 10 smartest friends and I'm going to say, you know, son, you're going to go yeah. sweep the floors, make zero dollars and yeah. you're going to love it. And you're going to learn every single thing off them. And a lot cheaper than college. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ridiculous. Just spend like a year interning for all your college buddies. Yeah. You probably learn much more. Especially if you do five years. There you go. I should pay back my dad for that one. <laughs> um, so then where do you go from your alcohol ring getting busted? Now you have this new taste for entrepreneurship. Um, where do we go from there? What's the rest? What were you going to college for? So first I went for finance because my, my father was from Wall Street. Yep. And one of my best friends who I actually now work with, his name's Will Dean. Um, he had a company and we lived together in fraternity house and I would remember going downstairs and I'm doing Excel and uh -huh. he's just so excited about his business. Yeah. And I just called my dad and I was like, dad, do you care if I change the marketing and entrepreneurship? And he's like, do what you want, son. I got your back. Yeah. So I was really blessed to have that. And I did learn a little from classes, but it really was when I became social chair of my fraternity um, you know, kind of working off that first little alcohol business, yeah. I started doing parties and it was a very simple equation. You know, I saw fraternities and sororities, you know, putting together mixers and such. And the equation was so simple. There was the buses and then there was the venue. Uh -huh. So what I did is I just literally would just sell tickets for like $20 and we'd go from Delaware to, to Philadelphia or Delaware to Delaware. Uh -huh. And I would give them free bus transportation. They get an hour of open bar. And then I would get a cut of the bar. Mm -hmm. And these buses were like 300 bucks. And I would negotiate, hey, if I get two buses, three buses, five buses, cut the rate. And I just started doing these parties. And it was literally, I was having $8,000 tabs, just getting everyone drunk. Uh -huh. And they wouldn't charge me for that. Uh -huh. And just getting a cut of the bar. And, and where was, were you going? Like to clubs? Yeah, it's like little hole in the wall, like piece of shit places, to be honest with you. Um, in, in Delaware, because Delaware really did not have that many options. Yeah. Um, there was a couple places on Main Street. And then um, we went to Philadelphia as well. And I did that for a bit. And then my last thing in school was at the local uh, university store, all of the Delaware shirts were very plain. It was just mm -hmm. you know blue and yellow. It had the hen on it. Mm -hmm. And my, good frater my fraternity brother was doing screen printing of t-shirts mm -hmm. for all of the fraternities and sororities. He was making a lot of money. He had a good vendor. So I just made a Delaware t-shirt and it was in like neon colors. The L was a, the shape of Delaware yeah. and I put it in the store and my buddy was the assistant of Travi McCoy uh -huh. of Gym Class Heroes mm -hmm. and he had a concert and then ironically enough, Tyga used to roll with him. Tyga yeah. was like 13 years old, yeah. 14 years old maybe. And I launched it. I threw a huge party with Tyga, Travi McCoy in the house with his t-shirt uh -huh. and that helped me through my senior year. And that started in like 
to clothing. Yeah. So then I started understanding what screen printing is, digital printing, what are minimums. Yeah. Um, you know, very simple mundane stuff. Yeah. But I was like, I got a little taste of it. It's so funny that like it sounds like a lot of your once again, correct me if I'm bashing college again, but like a lot of your entrepreneurship lessons came from like what you did outside of school at college. Oh, there was classes that I never went to the whole semester. Yeah. I did absolutely terrible. I was down to my last class to pass. Um, it was like a running joke. Like yeah. I was like the guy that sat in the back. Yeah. Um, but everyone knew me as like the guy that was like doing other stuff. So it was respectable. Yeah. That's um, funny. It's crazy. Um, so then did that lead to anything or did that kind of fall off after college? They were never real companies. Yeah. They were all like cash companies. Um, I had never learned up until then. I didn't know what like an LLC was. Yeah. I didn't know what go to go daddy and buy domain was. I didn't know any of that yet. So I still was uh, an amateur in like that world, but from a, from a street sense, yeah. I became savvy. And it had to make you pretty damn cool too, right? Like were you cool as shit in college? Yes. This is like the guy throwing the events with Tyga at him and like selling shirts. Like I was, ah, like I, I was a different guy then. Though, man. <laughs> I like didn't go to the gym. It was just a different. Yeah. I look back and yeah, I mean, I guess. But yeah. um, just saying, it sounds like a pretty cool like setup to be was, that dude as like a junior senior in college. Like pretty good setup. Yeah, I mean, good in high school, good in college, and then then the next couple, then then the next years were yeah, yeah a little rough. Yeah. So well, tell me about it. What yeah. happened? Where do you go after? You're lined up, once again, this crazy appetite for entrepreneurship, but like mm -hmm. obviously need to kind of graduate into something more legit or long-term or yeah. whatever. How's, where did that go? So at that point, I thought the natural move, entrepreneurship wasn't like it is now. Uh -huh. You know, this was 10 years ago. So um, I thought to get a real job. So um, I moved home. And my buddy, who I mentioned before, Will, Will mm -hmm. Dean, mm -hmm. um, was living in California. He was working for an energy efficient company, energy efficient lighting company. And I don't know if you remember, like 10 years ago, this was booming, heavy. Remember when, when like the energy efficient wave was going on? I do, I do. So he's like- That, had to, that was what, when I was 22-ish? Yeah, 21? exactly. Right, right after, okay. And he was living in California. And keep in mind, I had never been to California. Yeah. So California was this different. The Holy Grail. This was, yeah, no, and no one I knew lived there. Yeah. This was completely different. So I was like, California, he's like, we need someone in our company that's LEED certified. It's called Leadership in Energy, leadership in energy and Environmental Design. Uh -huh. And keep in mind, I sucked at school. I yep. never did well in class. And he's like, dude, if you become certified, you can come work for the company. So then... I was like, you know what? Let me test myself. I know not, this is like another thing that I sucked at. Like yeah. Irrigation systems and all this stuff. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? Let me try and do it. I want to move to California. So I study, I fail. And you have to take the test. You have to wait two months every time. So How's I, that process work? Like how long do you study? And then can you just go in and take it like a driver's test? No, you, you have to wait two months. Jeez. So I study and I fail. Uh -huh. I study and then I fail. Two times. Uh -huh. And then I study I pass. So oh, I'm like, okay, I'm coming to California. So literally I passed the test and I got the offer and I actually moved to California and I signed a lease with one of his buddies. Uh -huh. I'm at the job for one week. The guy that owns the company brings me in. He goes, I don't need you anymore. I'm like, awesome, bro. For one week? <laughs> one week. <laughs> one week. 
So what? Is, so you just in there like, well, shit. I guess I lasted one week in California. I'm going home. Like, what do you do from there? I just signed a lease, and um, you put all this work in. You put what? You waited five, six months, months six to months, pass the damn lead test. Lasted a week, which now is the most irrelevant thing in the world. What a joke. Okay, so then what? So then, then it gets funny. Uh-huh. So then I, I'm looking for a job, mm-hmm. and I have technically no like real like background yeah. you know yeah yeah so i work for this company that's like home remodeling and they sell like energy efficient lighting and and uh and windows this was the craziest year of my life uh-huh. zero salary all commission and they would set you up with leads cold leads basically and you would knock on the door and then you'd have to sell them thirty thousand dollars worth of energy efficient lighting and coating Sounds easy. And I was going to Beverly Hills. I was going to Compton. I was going to the Inland Empire. Mm-hmm. There'd be days that I would drive 230 miles and not get one appointment. Not get one appointment. I'm talking about driving from here to here to here. Knock on the, no one picks up. Knock, no. So oh, not even answering the door. You didn't even answer, get a shot. Not answering the door. Oh, man. And I remember just in just the middle of nowhere, just in my tie, miserable, just beef jerky and water at gas station, no money. Yep. And it t- what it really taught me was um, just more about selling to all different types of people because up until that time, I had chose the people that I wanted to associate myself yeah, with. Yeah. But now I'm sitting in a house in Compton. Yeah, yeah, and, and then I'm, Beverly Hills. And then Beverly, yeah, and it's like you're just, you're learning so much about people yeah. that um that kind of gave me my my real core of like systematic sales they taught me form family occupation recreation money it's like how you like size someone up and it was like it was very like corporate sales and there was months i'd make no money and there was next month i'd make a lot of money and it was but it was all on you it was all on me but like the product wasn't necessarily um i mean it was good but it wasn't amazing yeah but See, that's such a like, that's another thing that I wish every, or at least my children one day when I have them like, had have to go through. Cause there's something about being in that uncomfortable of a situation every yes. day and having to sell someone something, especially if you don't even think it's really the best product yep. and being immersed in living rooms of vastly different types of people and being yep. able to talk to them and sell them and something like that education you get from that is like i'm guessing never done it but like nothing else i wish i had i wish i even had a picture of every human that i pitched yeah because it was just absolutely ridiculous yeah i can imagine you know know, i'm I'm staying for dinner with these like i'm just sitting on the couch and schmoozing with these families i'm like sometimes i would stay for eight hours really because they would teach you that you know after the sixth hour you're you know, your likelihood of closing ups 40% because you- Yeah, because they're tired. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, all right, we'll buy it. Just leave. (laughs) And then there was times you'd stay all day and then make, not make a sale. Uh, Yeah, that's good. I just feel like that, that, that strengthening uh, of that period has to be super valuable. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at that and, you know, I'm just so emotionless now with business. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, I've been in just the shittiest places, man. Yeah. That like, I was at the lowest of all lows. Like any other human would have, I don't even know what they would have done. Yeah. Like getting rejected time after time after time. And I just think that 
yeah, I think that's kind of like the core of who I am as a human now. Did you build any like special tools during that time of like how to deal with that level of rejection? Um, no, I really just, um, just battled through, just battled through and just really started to become emotionless. Like when anything happens in my business now that, you know, anything, it's just, it is what it is. How do we fix the problem? Yeah. Because that's what it is. But it seems to make you appreciate, because I saw a video of you calling all your customers or like calling your customers yeah. and saying, Hey, you're my 500 blah, blah, blah customer. Yeah. I just really want to say thank you. I love that. Yeah. I mean, that has to, maybe it made you like extra, uh, pumped when you actually are selling a product that you believe in and somebody actually engages right i don't i mean yeah that that you know throughout my whole entire career you know it's always been like you're going to get better results when you believe in it and then once the belief starts fading yeah which i think is a you know a top-down leadership thing yeah. then i think it's time to go yeah. and with my company now um, you know me and my partner jeff and i think everybody that's part of the organization like would die for our company yeah that's so important yeah um so then so so take me back to then what happens like did you eventually quit that job yeah. or when did so the... i was going nowhere with that clearly yeah. so <laughs> <laughs> well, shit i mean so it was a year and i had an idea that i wanted to start this company it was called the world dj league yeah. and i wanted a brand djing as a sport so the djs were the players the management companies were the teams um, the venues were the stadiums. I had this grandiose idea. And how old are you? Are you like 24, 25? No, like 20, yeah, 23. Okay. 23 ish. Got it. And I had this idea. I told it to um, an East Coast friend of mine, a fraternity brother, introduced me to a, a guy from music. He loved the idea. Mm -hmm. We partnered up. I moved back to the East Coast. Uh, this this kid was uh, come from a, a very wealthy background. So I would go to his house every day and we worked on this idea for probably eight, nine months. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot, it was very technology based. So, it, so there was a lot of loopholes and we had to ra raise a lot of money. Yeah. And, you know, through his contacts at the time, we got an LOI for some money mm -hmm. and he goes away one weekend and he dies. The, the, guy, the kid? Yeah, my partner dies. How? To, to this day, it's not disclosed. I have an idea of what it is, but he dies. So. Jesus. It was nine months of just working on this project and we weren't making any money. And this was after everything in California and he dies. And that kind of, it was tough on me. Clearly. Yeah. It was my first like kind of like real big death and mm -hmm. someone that I was close to. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that there was a lot of things that had to be done with skills I didn't have. I started becoming a little self-aware then that I shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. So I then started a company called cage hero which was a, a mixed martial arts clothing company. And this was in when I was probably 25. Okay. With my childhood buddy and we sponsored, I don't know if you're an MMA guy, like Love guys that. like um, Daniel Cormier, mm -hmm. Luke Rockhold, mm -hmm. Chuck Liddell. Yep. Is this when like Affliction, all those brands were huge? Exactly. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Yep. So that, that actually leads into what, what comes next. So Perfect. that's when it was, it was the burst. Yeah. It was when MMA was cool. Companies were paying an insane amount of money to yeah slap the logo on stuff and it was good um you know we did a couple hundred thousand dollars i learned more about uh, a little bit about like retail wholesale msrp all that stuff and then the whole strike force ufc thing happened ufc did a luxury tax that whole market dried up so all those brands we we're talking about yeah all faded yeah 
So what we did is we pivoted the company to an IP. It was, uh, it's all like characters. Mm -hmm. And we actually had a graphic novel in all doors, Barnes and Noble. Wow. It got options. Uh, first it was a comic book, then I got option to a graphic novel. And this was like seven, eight years ago. Yep. And I, and it's just kind of like an, an IP sitting there. Yeah. And ironically enough, it's like just popping back up now in some talks. Really? Yeah. It's, and it's, it's with my childhood friends. So it's like our like way of like reconnecting. Yeah. That's cool. So there was that. And then. What then ended I, up happening with that? Just kind of fizzled out or? We stopped. I mean, we just, now there's just no burn rate. It yep. just stopped yep. because there was no market. Everything was based off sponsoring fighters. Yep. And now, as you know, like the Reebok sponsors all the fighters. Yeah. So through that, you're gonna, this is crazy for you because you're a clothing guy. Yeah. I was at Magic, uh -huh. the last year of Magic before Agenda came on the scene. And I met these two guys who were sales reps um, for Tap Out and then for me, for Cage Hero. Mm -hmm. And they told me about this idea to create a, a luxury hat brand. And, you know, this was kind of like when Stance came out, luxury yep. sock line and, you know, everything. You know, first there was like Lee and Levi's jeans in the luxury category. Yeah. And there was no real, luxury hats like just don wasn't out yet so it was a great concept yeah and they're like you know cage hero was kind of fizzling out moving to an ip they're like well, you know we'd love for you to work with us and they lived in california and i was still in new york how'd you go how, how'd you go back to new york did you go back to new york i was in new york for the dj league and i was in new york for cage hero. oh you moved back for I that moved back okay moved got back. It, got so it. i was living in the city got it and uh these guys were like you know, we need to raise money, so let's wrap my uncle's RV with the company and let's tour the US. Uh -huh. And this was, I was, I don't know, probably like 26, yeah. 27. Yeah. So we did 35 states in four months, 175 retailers. This, I will forever be grateful to, to Brian and Corey for this. Uh -huh. This was my MBA in retail. Yeah. So I learned, I mean, before then, I didn't know, like, consignment, net 30, net 60, you know, why is a brand here, you know, the floor space, what is a buyer, yeah. um, you know, politics behind, behind stuff. Mm -hmm. you know, if you go in a market and you go to the second best store, you're never getting in the first best store. Yeah. Um, you know, what's, you know, the mid-market, you know, I didn't even know what, like, Zoomies and Tillies and packs. Yeah. I didn't even know about that yet. Yeah, that's my world. I know, that's your world, <laughs> man. That's your world. So that's where you really got that experience was just from driving around. So you packed up this RV with product? Yes. So and then was, you wrapped it in the stuff and you went to retailers? We had all of our salesman samples. It was us three. We'd had to take 20-second showers. Uh -huh. So we were living on this RV. Yeah. God bless Walmart. It's the only place that you can legally park RVs. Really? Yes. That's a fact? Fact. At all Walmart? Fact. Thank God for Walmart. Walmart was the go-to go, go spot. Wow. Got to be careful though. Walmart's and dicey. Certain, certain dicey. Walmart parking lots are not very friendly. There is some dicey, <laughs> dicey situations. Man. All right. One more break. Just wanted to talk about our next sponsor. Next sponsor is called HoneyBook. HoneyBook is a purpose-built business management platform for creative small businesses. It can save you hours upon hours of wasted time on things like paperwork, endless emails, and dealing with payment collection. They really specialize in creative businesses and help with things like photographers, up-and-coming designers, event professionals, new entrepreneurs that might not have the staff or the time to deal with all these different things. I know how hard starting a company can be, and especially when you're doing it yourself, you need to save time at every single place that you possibly can. So go check it out 
at honeybook.com. If you use the promo code DRAMA, D-R-A-M-A, you get 50% off your first year of membership. That's honeybook, H-O-N-E-Y-B-O-O-K.com, promo code DRAMA. Go check it out. Sign up. Let me know what you think. So that's incredible. We raised money yeah. while on tour. And I had a girlfriend at the time, and we raised money. And the girl was like, eh, a little shaky. Yeah. So I was like, fuck it, I'm out. Uh-huh. So July 2nd, right before July 4th of like 2014-ish. Okay. I moved to Newport Beach with three girls. and How'd you pull that off? By accident. <laughs> and started working for Mellon. Got it. And it was right before this time where two big things happened. One, I met my business partner, mm-hmm. Jeff Cole. Your current business partner. My current business partner, yeah. Jeff Cole. And I will never forget it. I was in an NYU dorm. It was 8 a.m. I was laying with this girl. And she goes, I need to introduce you to this guy, Jeff Cole. Uh, he's a designer. And for the next couple of years, me and Jeff talked every day on Gmail chat, but I'd only met one time. Uh-huh. So Jeff was like my designer yeah. for a while. And what were you, were you just throwing back and forth ideas or was he designing was for the hat company? Designed for the hat company. Got it. Got um, it. So, so, this, so the idea of maybe going off and starting a business hadn't even came up yet? Not at all. Got so it. there was a hat company and Jeff, he was still living in Chicago. Yep. And I knew from the start that this kid is from another planet. I don't, I, I'm like, Confused why other people didn't see it, yeah. um, but I knew right away uh, his work ethic is, is second to none. Uh, he works faster than everybody. He can solve any problem, and he's just wildly creative, yeah. and I trust him in my life. He's my brother. Mm-hmm. So um, so Jeff was kind of in the mix, and then we were with the hat company, and with the hat company, one of the last stops in Boston, I was at a store called Laced, uh-huh. and there was a picture of Pusha T on the wall. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow, that's a cool picture. Who did this? And they're like, oh, this kid, uh, TJ Bransfield. His name is Timmy Sneaks. He's an artist now. Uh-huh. Long story short, I became friends with this kid. And he's like, I want you to manage me to sell art. He had never sold art before. Uh-huh. I gave a piece to Rob Kardashian, posted on Instagram, uh-huh. sold a piece for $1,000 a week later. And let me just ask you this. How did you build like a relationship with someone like Rob Kardashian at that time? My partner in the hat company, yeah. Victory. Uncle Vic. Ah, Uncle Vic. Love Victory. <laughs> Uncle Victory. So he hooked it up. He hooked it up. I've, I've known Vic since 2014. He's my Good guy. Good old Vic. Good old Vic. Thanks, Vic. I don't know if you listen to this, but thank you, man. He won't listen to this. I'll send him this. <laughs> I love you, Victory. Victory Bells. Love you, baby. And just for the listeners so you know, Victory is like not only my friend, I really didn't even realize there was a connection, but uh, also my bowling buddy. He's part of the bowling squad. There you go. Our weekly bowling crew. Million dollar curls. Those curls are amazing. There you go, man. Um, so, so got it. So then you plugged Rob Kardashian with that. He posted it. This guy, you said sold a thousand dollar piece. He sold one thousand dollar piece. And keep in mind, this is going back to like me slanging t shirt days. Yeah. I had no clue about art. Yeah. So I'm so I'm managing this guy. Who, so you said yeah. You said fuck it. Why not? Fuck it. Let's go. Yeah. So now I'm working for the hat company. Mm-hmm. Jeff's involved with the hat company. Cole, my partner now, and then I'm managing this kid Timmy. Uh-huh. And Timmy starts. Gradually, a thousand, two thousand, five thousand. You know, Kevin Hart, Scott Disick, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Megan Trainer. I'm just leveraging every contact I know, everyone. Yeah. I just go boom, 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 boom. I start building these systems, and I'm like, wow. There's there's a big market for this. Yeah. And then as I'm managing him, I realize that like 95% of the inquiries 
were people that couldn't afford art. Yeah. So then I dropped a limited edition print. It was limited time, so I didn't limit my upsell to the amount I could sell. So it was available for 48 hours. Yeah. We made a lot of money. Uh-huh. So I was like, wow. And this is all off Instagram? All off Instagram. And so that's from, sorry, sorry for, I just want to make sure I follow right. That's from leveraging your relationships to have these celebrities and stuff post. Yep. And then you just built a following. And now all of a sudden you're able to sell yep. and do these sort of programs just with your own fa- fan base. Zero email list, zero nothing, all yep. Instagram. Yeah. So Timmy started taking off and I'm with Mellon and I noticed there's a huge hole in the market. And at that time I started acquiring big Instagram accounts mm-hmm. on my own. So I had these big accounts that I would post and I would leverage, I would barter. And you mean okay, sorry, because I don't know, uh, just so that I follow that world properly, you would I actually owned, buy the account. Yeah. So I so I own one big Instagram account yeah. and then I leverage posts on that for posts on other channels. Yeah. And that was the genesis for iconic, which I'll get into. Got it. So Timmy's taking off. I'm with Melon. And as you can tell, I don't ride bikes. I didn't yeah. know about Zoomies. Um, the hack company was doing well, but we were going like the Zoomies route. Yep. I was the CMO of the company. I mean, let's call it spade a spade. It was not authentic when Mark from, <laughs> from, Mark from New York is trying to sell into Zoomies. Yeah, got it. So, you, you don't skateboard by chance, do you? I don't have skateboard. Okay. I have no We'll idea. learn that too. That'll be, yes. that's expert level. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Tony Hawk. That was, that, was, that was all I knew. There you go. So I was like, guys, love you guys, but this is, this is probably not for me. Yeah. So then it was the last stop before it gets really fun. So then this was, I guess, like two and a half years ago, two and a half, three years ago. Um, we're part of the hat company. Jeff, my partner, Cole, mm-hmm. moves to the West Coast. Mm-hmm. We become roommates. So then me and Jeff really start to bond. Yeah. And I really start to see, you know, firsthand how talented this guy is. Is I, he still at Mellon or no? No, no, no. Okay. We're, we're all out of Mellon. This is a couple of years ago. So then we get approached um, from a former NBA player to get involved with uh, an NBA licensed uh, betting company like Blankets. Yep. So, you know, the last company I had a little bit of equity in, I didn't necessarily believe in the vision. This company, I got a little bit more equity in. Uh, Jeff had a little bit of equity in it and it was kind of just us three. Uh-huh. And at that point, I became obsessed, you know, it had already been a couple of years with me being obsessed with learning. Uh-huh. So I was, reading every single book you can imagine all the jim collins books i've studied all of jay abraham's marketing tech just insane amounts of reading yeah yeah i'm with you yeah obsessed Uh obsessed i just want to get smarter so you know i've seen a couple of these companies i've had a little success i've failed i've failed i've seen uh, not not agreed with how people did stuff Mm -hmm. so i thought hey this is the one it wasn't the one (laughs) how long did it take you to figure out it wasn't the one Probably like a year. And why? Just it wasn't clicking? Um, I'd rather not say. Yeah. I'd rather not say. Yep. Um, but our office was actually our current office. So it's an office and it's me and Jeff live in the office. And then uh-huh. it, was the, and it was the other guy that was part of the company. Uh-huh. And it was late 2016. Uh-huh. And I had owned these big social accounts. So Jeff was like, we should sell some of this art. Because yeah. we had talked about that hole in the market that I saw with Timmy. Yeah. Timmy was like, you know, Timmy's taking off. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, let's fuck around and drop ship some art. So we started doing it. Zero spend, making, you know, a thousand bucks a month, two thousand. 
uh, Black Friday of 2016, we did a blowout sale. We made like 15 grand. We're like, oh, cool, whatever. And you're just posting them on the accounts you own. Yep. And were those accounts like motivational accounts or? Yeah, I would. I didn't own them, but then the ones that I would barter were those. Yep, got it. So like account like a, like Millionaire Mentor yep. was like a big account for us. Perfect. So then is a day that I'll never forget. February 27th, 2017. Mm-hmm. We went from Squarespace to Shopify. Mm-hmm. And we're like, let's put some money behind some ads. And keep in mind, this is me and Jeff working super early mornings uh-huh. and then at night. But it wasn't really anything yet. It was like a couple thousand dollars. Uh-huh. We did that and we started doing ads. Month one, six figures. Month one? Month one. Jesus. And drama. I didn't know anything about ads. Yeah. And were you doing them yourself? No, we had a guy. So it was me, it was me Jeff, and a guy. And yep. then month one, it blew up. So then we had his 16-year-old brother. We were paying him a quarter to process all the orders uh-huh. because me and Jeff, literally would take shifts at one in the morning, two in the morning, just processing all the orders uh-huh. because we didn't have a reliable production yet. So we were literally putting in the art file and we were buying it off the site. Yeah. So Was it a thing where like you could make the art, upload it and it would, they would send you like a so canvas? So those, like that type of site yeah. is where we were doing our stuff. Got it. So we were just putting our art file. Yeah. But we were doing it and it was, we got it down to, I think it was three minutes and 40, it was a running game. At three minutes and 45 seconds was the quickest that we could do it. Yeah. It was just, we'd have a, it was me, Jeff and his younger brother. It was the funniest thing ever. Yeah. And what I saw right away was this digital marketing thing is like, is really real. This, yeah. you know, we don't have to deal. It was crazy. We would get a sale and then the money would go in the bank. Yeah. And like, yeah. think about the world we come from. Yeah. Consignment. Terms, yeah. buybacks. Yep. What is that? Yeah. I hate you forever. Absolutely. That's the beautiful thing about this direct to consumer world. You know what I mean? Especially the into that type of stuff. Yeah. So what type of uh, what type of what type of targeting worked well for you? Like targeting those sort of entrepreneur motivational yep. account type yes. thing? All entrepreneurs. And, and that was just Instagram at that point or Facebook marketing too? It was first it was just organic Instagram and then we did paid, it was Instagram and Facebook. Yep. And you know, we did really good month one. And then the second it came in, like when you have like that first day where, I mean, even a day when you have 5,000 or 10,000, we had never experienced this. Of course. So me and Jeff were like, re, like, we were like, holy fuck, this is a crazy, and we would literally go all night. Uh We'd wake up and like the other guy would come into the office with the other company. Yeah. And like, we would like almost- Ah, shit, so you were still, that's why you were working all night because you were still technically at that company. So we did, a lot of money, yeah, part time. Yeah, good for you. And it was, it was literally when he closed that door and left, then ape shit, yeah. ape shit. I just picture you guys like fake packing up, like, all right, we'll see you tomorrow. Like, have a good, be safe. And then like, he's gone. Yeah. It was just ape shit. Yeah. Go and get the coffee, and we just went nuts. And it was then that I like. Me and Jeff were just sitting there, and I was like, "Man, they're like this is the one," yeah. because it was like a beautiful blend of like what he's good at, what I'm good at, and you know, it was just it was just a perfect a perfect marriage. Yeah. So then it was like every single day after work, it's like, "Yo, man, when when are we gonna take the jump?" Yeah. And it was literally every single day, and yeah. I was like, and he was like a little bit more conservative than me. I'm like a little nuts. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, "Man, it's time to go." Uh-huh. So. Eventually we went yeah. and um, you know, the other guy understood. How did you get to keep the office? 
he gave us the office. He didn't that's want great. it. That's and great. And at first, I was like, man, you're like, and it was it was a company lease, so I kind of yeah. was, and it's like a decent amount of money. And yeah. at that time, like, we were like, like okay. this is gonna last. This is a real company. Like, we didn't know. So, yeah. um, but it's still our office. That's great. Like, hey, we're quitting. Can you leave? Yeah, <laughs> you know, like that was you came up. <laughs> uh, so then, at that point, now it's just your own thing. That has to be the best feeling ever, right? That moment of like, we took the leap. This seems promising. We're on to something. Working with these guys that we just blend perfectly with. Like at that point, did it just feel like the dream scenario? Everything perfect. I always say, like my definition of success is doing what you want with who you want when you want. Yeah. That's like my dream. That's how, how I define success. Yeah. And ever since that day. That's what you've done. I've, I literally love every person in my company. Yeah. Love them. Yeah. That's love so them. nice. And what, that was like a year and a half ago? A little less? No. We had our year anniversary of working full time like weeks ago. Jesus. What a dream scenario. Okay. So when you, when you go now off to the races, it's all you. Was there any big... Uh, Issue that happened with any of that? Oh, or yeah. was it? Oh, yeah. What happened? Plenty. <laughs> Plenty of shit. Um, we learned, you know, the digital marketing world is, is a dirty world. Yeah. A really dirty world. Yeah. And, you know, we created a space. We really did. I don't know if you remember. You remember back in the day, like those com those posters in like dentist office where it's like success and it's like, oh, yeah. I got, you know? Yeah. Like that's what I, in my mind, imagined, like kind of inspired it. And then Jeff was like memes off pop culture. Yeah. You're talking about like where was the photo? Yeah. The photo. Like of the boat in the ocean. Exactly. And it said success, like riding the wave. Exactly. Yeah. Love those. Yeah. I love those too. <laughs> I need some of those. I need some of the old school ones in here. I, I personally love them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as we started spending, you know, when you're spending six figures a month on digital marketing, like people know you exist. Yep. So then competitors came in, people started coming in. So it got, it got aggressive, it got dirty. And, you know, at first, you know, it's when people like copy your stuff and do stuff, it's, you know, it sucks. Yeah. But you got to just learn to play the game. Yeah. And I think the one thing that me and Jeff have done is we've really focused on long-term vision and we've just are always staying ahead of the game when someone copies our stuff we're off it bye-bye yeah. yeah. we're on to the next thing do people just straight up rip it um it's it's bad pretty close it's yeah. it's it's bad it's, yeah. that's another thing i really don't want to talk about <laughs> yeah um, like my that post i focus on the customers not yeah. the competition yeah and yeah it's but i get it a lot of people i think where a lot of people because that's obviously happened to us a lot too and Speaking of Walmart, they've done Young and Reckless shirts and Forever 21 and all these different people. But I think that um, where a lot of people go wrong is you start to just let that like get to you too much, right? And you get all angry and you're like, well, everyone's yeah. ripping me off. And like it ends up just messing up your game, right? Like who cares? If you really like, there was like a few months ago, uh, Jake Paul did a Young and Reckless shirt that's like the most obnoxious, perfect replica of one of our shirts, right? Yeah. But I couldn't possibly care less. Like, sure, yeah. it's annoying and it's like, you know, I wish you would try a little harder, but like, what do I care? I'm not gonna lose sleep over, or lose my momentum off of worrying about that, right? And I think that's the most important thing is that you're able to kind of shake it off and move on to the next thing mm -hmm. and let somebody copy the next thing. You know what I mean? Instead of worrying about letting that mess up your momentum. People know. Yeah. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. Ironically enough, we're here today. Yeah. Smart man. Yeah. Uh, momentum. Yeah. I mean, we're, ride we're riding right now. We're on the show right now. Momentum. Yeah. I've learned with business 
momentum is just it's everything because yeah. when you have infectious energy and everybody's excited yeah like you just got to ride it and just keep going and yeah. going and going yeah and with our company like you know my job is like you know the leader with jeff is just to keep to, to what's next yeah. just to keep it going and going and going yeah so yeah what's been the biggest uh like the biggest moment for you guys has it been this past couple of weeks when you got these big uh guys on board and all this press or like what was you know what i mean did you is there any big moments that stick out to you they're like holy shit who would have thought um i mean the day it started the company like started selling like that was pretty big um the day we got the muhammad ali license was very big yeah because that, that was on the site and i'm like damn they gotta because I was, I was like you obviously had to license all of these photographs but like those, yeah. those are great and that was that was i went to a trade show with no appointments mm -hmm. I got again same thing. I we we joke with the women now. We just were in New York joking with her. Yeah. Denied, denied. Yeah. Went on LinkedIn, found the guy's name, mm -hmm. said I had a meeting with him. He saw it. He's like, come tomorrow. Last meeting, got him. That's so good. And so, those are up now, selling. Are they crushing it? Crushing. Ali is crushing. Yeah. And we got the MBA license too. Saw that too. Um, but and yeah, then where? Gary and Scooter for sure. That's the big. That's the the current big home run. 100%. So where, how did that come about? Did you go meet with those guys separately? Is it, was that together? No. Um, so let's go one by one. Yeah. So Gary, we, uh, we joke with them as we did a Gary on Gary. So yep. Gary wanted Jeff to do his Vayner Sports rebrand. Okay. And Jeff did it. And, you know, we charge a lot for that. I, yeah. I managed Jeff as well. And they asked how much. I said nothing. Uh -huh. under the notion that we were going to ask for something later yeah yeah smart <laughs> for sure yeah so my guy justin Giagrande from vayner he was like our guy and six months later i emailed him i was like justin we are gary v disciples we watch all gary v stuff uh -huh. here's our revenue the last six months i want a meeting with him screenshot this and send it to him five minutes later justin texts me a screenshot of his gary conversation set uh -huh. up the meeting uh -huh. week later we get a meeting Listen how savage Gary is. <laughs> a 15-minute meeting. Uh -huh. A 15-minute meeting at the Beverly Hills Hotel, 5.30 to 5.45. That's how busy this man is. 15-minute meeting. Uh -huh. That turned into way longer. Uh -huh. And it was just, he just knew right away. We both knew right away. Like, he just understood that we were just absolute animals. Yeah. That, and we were just, would die for our company. Yeah. And he's like, I like you guys. Mm -hmm. Come to New York. So then we went to New York a week later. And literally stayed with him till 1 30 in the morning just vibing with him we were in a, a music studio it's it crazy yeah. and we're like okay we're gonna work mm -hmm. so we kind of like figured out that deal with him yeah and while that was happening with scooter um my fraternity brother's best childhood friend michael george uh -huh. who formerly managed hoodie allen formerly managed martin garrix yep. now manages eden fellow long island guy I had met with him for multiple things throughout uh -huh. the years. The hats, the blankets. Yeah. And he was like, man, what about that art thing? Mm -hmm. And then he's like, man, like Scooter would really like this. He set us up a meeting with Scooter, walk into the meeting with Scooter, same thing as the Gary meeting. Yeah. Two minutes in, he's like, we're working. What are we doing here? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, we're gonna make money, let's go. Yeah. And it was literally, it was just, it was electric because it was just like, we just knew right away. Yeah. And then when you hit him with like Gary's on board, 
they had never worked together. So this was perfect. This was an opportunity for us to go both. And for me and Jeff, you know, it was just a perfect yin and yang because Gary is out of his mind. He's an online guy. Scooter is a little bit more reserved. He's an offline guy. And it was just perfect. You know, them as just as humans, as as family men, they're involved in a lot of things. Um, I could go to Gary every time we meet Gary. Like there's not many people that I know I could like really go to with stuff. And like, he's giving me really good answers. Yeah. He's giving me solutions. Yeah. He's good at that. He's really good at that. He's really good at like actionable, like do this. Yeah. And it's, and it's completely unbiased. And Mm -hmm. like the same thing with Scooter. It's, you know, we just sat down with him for like, I don't know how long it was, probably like an hour. Mm -hmm. And he's just, you know, he's just, how he operates and how he is as a human is just like, I look up to him like that. Yeah. Just how, how he runs his life is how I want to be. Yeah. So I look at it as, you know, I have the guys, you know, that are in my circle of friends. And then I have these guys that I look up to. Yeah. And then I have my 19 year old squad that. Yeah. It's important. I'm just, I, I want them to be beast. They're Shout right here. I love guys. these guys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Keeping us hungry. Jake and Austin. Love you guys. Yeah. Um, and then what happened? Did those both just close like at a similar time? That's why it came yep. out together? Um, we debated, our PR agent debated, you know, if we do them solo. And then we were like, nah. No, nah, explosion, yeah. let's go. That was go. perfect. Yeah. Because that really got like, I would argue that there's a chance that them solo would have just not got, it was the fact that it was those two together on this new thing that hit everyone's radar, right? Because even like we, obviously we look at a lot of that stuff and we do another podcast called Group Chat where we talk about everything that's going on uh, in the industry and whatever. And that one, of all the noise, that one just organically without um, without any inside info hit our radar because it was those two partnering on something. So it was like, wait, what is this? You know what I mean? That's important. Yeah, I think it's, most people know both of them, mm-hmm. but you know one of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You and, and, and if you know one, you know who the other is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's. I'm getting emails, phone calls, texts from. I bet. All over the place. I bet. Yeah. It's home run. Um, yeah. What's the? What would you say is sort of like the plan with now having those guys on board? Like, are they just there to really help explode this thing to the next level? Like, where do you take it from here? Um, more licenses are about to be announced. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's one of the things uh, from a knowledge perspective is huge. Uh, from a biz development perspective is huge. Yeah. Um, you know, we've outfitted, you know, Fortune 500 companies' offices. You know, there's yeah. companies that Scooter and Gary have, you know, invested or exited or their best friend is the owner of this, of that. Yeah. And, you know, now it's just, you know, our job that, you know, I take very seriously when they, like, introduce me to someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I must hit a home run every time. Mm-hmm. So it's really just down to that. It's just a lot of stuff they're teeing up, and yeah. I'm just – home runs that's it yeah huge that's simple it's pretty simple no no it is i just that's what (laughs) i i see the because you guys are going to stay direct to consumer obviously for the foreseeable future right yeah and just do these bigger license and just really blow this thing out of the water right yeah there's um from a digital perspective one of the reasons why i really respect jake from movement Uh is from an e-commerce perspective to get to 10 million yeah you got to be good yeah. Um, but to get to 50 or 100, mm-hmm. you need to really understand digital marketing and traffic and new traffic sources. Yeah. And, you know, 
just overall strategy. So we're now, I think we've really created a very good, you know, baseline infrastructure mm -hmm. and now we're just scaling in different spots. Yeah. How exciting. You're in a good spot. I'm glad I caught you right now. Cause I'm, you know, I'm I, tell you something drama. What? I'm like this every day. Bro. I believe it. I love it. this shit, I believe man. it. I believe it. I love it. this shit. But I just love that, like, for the story's sake, that we got sort of the full lead up, the thing, you know, going out on your own, becoming successful, and then it's literally, like, the week of this announcement of, like, the next phase, it feels like, at least from an outsider. 100%. What's your bigger goal, like, for the future? Or... There is no right answer, right? And there doesn't even have to be an answer. But like for 10 years down the road, for 20 years down the road, I mean, it sounds like your interests are a little bit like deeper, more family oriented, more like you said, environment oriented. Like you have kind of these deeper things that mean a lot to you. What do you see as like longer term? Where's this going? Where do you go? Where are you going to be in 20 years when we do a reunion episode? <laughs> I think for me, I, um, so, you know, you know my story now. Mm -hmm. Everything was through my own failures. Yep. And, you know, I kind of harp back on like my team. Like I just, I love teaching them and I'm watching them get smarter. Yep. And that really makes me so happy that, you know, I think that, you know, I'm going to be with Iconic for a long time. You know, as long as, you know, we're passionate about what we do, I don't see a reason why we're going to stop. Yep. But for me, it's eventually, you know, I want to be like an angel investor and mentor and, you know, eventually have, a wife and kids and teach my kids the things that I've learned. Yeah. I just love when I see a situation and I'm like, I made a mistake there and like, I'm not going to do that. And then I could tell someone like, yo man, this is what I did. Like, don't do it that way. Yeah. And it's, there's nothing more right than me telling you like, I made that mistake. Do not do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, you know, I just now, like you saw, like just got in front of the camera. I'm starting to speak yeah. and like, I'm always gonna need this. Like, I always want to have a business, but I, I am passionate about like teaching. Yeah. And we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but has been has shifting to like being on camera and that stuff been been difficult for you? Because when I scan the page, like you look pretty comfortable. You look like you do a really good job at it. Has it been uncomfortable to make that transition? Or so uncomfortable. Really? So uncomfortable. I hate it. <laughs> What's the worst part? Like you just uh, feel awkward on camera or what? Yeah, I mean, I've walked around the block with my guys yeah. and like <laughs> we literally, they'd be like, we need a sound bit for the intro. And yeah. like, I'm just like walking around like, and then like they're doing the sound bit for the intro. Yeah, um, yeah it's just, it's, it's completely different. I'm not used to seeing myself. On, I'm not used to, we're being, we're on camera right now. I'm not yeah. used to it. They, we're on seven cameras. Yeah, we're on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have, Tyler's leaning over and taking photos. We got three here. What, um. Do you think that it's uh, an absolute must for someone like you in your position to create content? Yeah, like I do. Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like the, the thing with Gary. Like, this shit is so real. You can't tell me this isn't real. Mm -hmm. Like, we are on this all day, every day. It's Sunday, and I don't know what time. Mm -hmm. 9 o'clock, 10 mm -hmm. o'clock, we have an international flight at 8 a.m. Yep. So for me, I just like, I, it also keeps me accountable. Yeah. I'm always so it keeps me accountable on That's multiple true. levels. That's true. You when know? you were like we were vlogging, we did a little vlog off with my partner. And I'm trying to do it more often, but the point is, when you start vlogging your days, you start realizing what you're actually doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's easy to be like, ah, shit. Uh, I sat at my desk all day today and I ate lunch. Yeah. And that's not good. You know what I mean? Like I would almost urge everyone to start vlogging simply 
because it holds you accountable for what you're actually doing. You know? I, I agree. And I mean, content and social media is everything. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is, you know, authenticity is the most important thing for sure. Yeah. And if you're your true authentic self, I can almost guarantee that there is some pocket in the world that wants to see, hear, or do like what you're doing. Yeah. So it's really just like, my mom hates that I curse. And I told her, I'm like, that's just what it is. That's who I am. I can't stop this. Yeah. Like, this is like, this is how I drive. This is who I am. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, you know, again, my guys, they just tell me just like, Mark, just like, be you. So yeah. you're definitely getting who I am in front of camera. Yeah, I can see that. That, that, that shows from a mile away. I think, especially for people like me, it's easy to spot that. And just from looking at your stuff quickly, like it, it's easy to see that it's super authentic. And I agree. I think everyone like, where a lot of people are going wrong is they're trying, now everyone's an influencer, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and everyone, a lot of people have a decent following. And so everyone's trying to figure out how to be the biggest and how to appeal to everyone. And I just think that's wrong long-term. I think that like, you have to figure out how to be the most honest, the most transparent, the most authentic. And that's how you're really going to build an audience that actually wants to engage in whatever you're doing or whatever you're selling. You know what I mean? For someone to take the time and engage and watch your content with all the options in this world, yeah, you need to, I think you need a somewhat narrow focus. Yeah. And it's got to be like, there's for sure people that do not like me. Yeah. But oh, for sure. It's, 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 it's got to be, it's just got to be one or the other. Yeah. And I think that if you're you, people are going to love it or they're going to hate it. Yeah. That's great. Last question. This is the big one. Hey. You can, we just entered the short story long uh, time machine. We are traveling back to high school. Ooh. And I'm going to pinpoint an actual moment. We're traveling back to high school and we're in your house. And you just saw that you're not on the soccer players to watch list. Yeah. And now 32-year-old version of yourself gets to pop up behind your shoulder and give you one little word of wisdom or something to kind of help out and say, hey, man, here you go. What do you say? It's a young mark. Read more. Yeah, that's good. I love reading. That easy, huh? It's free. Yeah. And it's like, people don't understand that. It's mm -hmm. out there. Like, you should be consuming content and getting smarter every single day. Mm -hmm. It's that. And then the other thing I said, like, my kids, like, they might work for you for free. Yeah. I want hey, them. send them over. Yeah. Like, yeah. Gary, working for Gary, working for Scooter, working for Tom Bill, you. Yeah. Like, and they will sweep the floors. Yeah. Like, how I told you, like, I didn't really start until like, I don't know, like young 20s. Yeah. Again, I have 19-year-old employees that they are on beast mode right now. Yep. And they're 19. And it's scary to think when they're 25 where they're going to be. Yep. So just be I'll, smarter. I'll tell you, just be smarter. <laughs> be I'll smarter. tell you what, man. There are this, there's like this generation of young people. I don't think it's just because I'm getting older, but I always try to watch that. There's this generation of new 19-year-olds that are just beasts. And I don't know whether it's like a Gary Vee effect or like where, you know what I'm saying? Like where this entrepreneurship, but they now they're in my DMs all the time and coming by the office. We try to meet with as many people as we can and do meetups yeah. because these kids are so hungry. And it like, I don't know, like if you're, if you're slacking, if you're 30s, 40s and you're slacking, surround yourself with some of these new breed of 19-year-olds. They'll get you going. I'm always going to want to keep a balance of, of the younger, the same age, and the older. Yeah. I think that's important to keep that balance. Okay, I have to end with this too. Give me three books everyone should read. 22 Immutable Laws of Marketing, mm -hmm. for sure. 
Jim Collins, good to great. And then a really underrated guy where you can just find his stuff on the internet is Jay Abraham. He's the master of taking marketing concepts uh -huh. from random industries uh -huh. and then meshing them together. Yeah. Brilliant. And he's very under the radar. That's great. I've never, never read any of it. Oh, you're going to like him. Great. He's going to be good. That's what you call an ender, my friends. Thank you for doing this on a Sunday, especially a holiday. Thank you. Um, this is going to be big. I appreciate it. Thanks. Congratulations on all the massive success, massive press. And I can't wait to just keep watching it because I can tell that this is just the beginning of like these big announcements. So appreciate it, man. Congrats, Thank you. brother. Thank you. My man. Hey. That's a wrap. Thank you, my friends. There it was. Screenshot your phone. Tag me. Post it on your Instagram story. Write me a little note. If you have any questions, comments, favorite parts, anything you got, put it on there. Post it on there. I'm looking through it all day. I appreciate you guys. Um Hit me up on Instagram. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm checking. That's where I'm interacting. Tell me who you'd like to hear on the show. Tell me your favorite parts. Tell me any information from these pods that you are applying to your to your life. Um, I'm really taking your guys' feedback and tying that into how I interview guests and the questions I ask and really trying to make sure that I just give you guys the most valuable information that I possibly can. Thank you, and I'll be back next week.